All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Pastors Roundtable. We're so excited that you've joined us today. Uh, I am here with my good friend, Kevin Moore, and I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit about him and what he's doing. And uh, as you guys know, we want to pull back the veil a little bit and uh, kind of take, pull things apart, look at it, and get down to the nuts and bolts of some uh, habits and some tricks and tips of the trade. So we're going to talk to uh, Kevin, who is a master of sharing this kind of stuff. And uh, I know a lot of you guys have seen him at conferences, events. Um, he's got a great history of youth ministry. Um, you know, some of the largest youth ministries in America uh, has uh, now done a church plant um, and is now a lead pastor and is actually starting to open up campuses. So Kevin's history is wide. His experience is vast and uh, is a great leadership coach, uh, does coaching, does seminars, does uh, all kinds of, of training. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about all of that. Uh, so Kevin, I've, I've kind of introduced you a little bit, but man, just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll dive in. Hey, man. Well, hey, number one, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. I, Dude, I'm stoked. I'm honored. Um, yeah, we, um, I was a youth pastor for 20, what was it, 22 years? Full, you know, uh, nine years as a volunteer youth pastor. And then in 2000, we went, we went full time and have served in small churches and quote unquote medium sized churches or mega churches. I think all of that size is relative type stuff. But anyway, um, you know, pretty well made about every mistake you could make in youth ministry. That's why I'm bald and got a great beard already. So, um, but we did youth ministry for a long time. And like you said, we, um, we launched a church in uh, the fall of 2013. We started our soft launch, quote unquote, and we were going to officially launch in January. And one of our biggest things is, is once we like started doing weekly gatherings, we got rid of the soft launch talk and just said, man, you know what? People are coming to our church they don't care about soft launch, hard launch, pre-launch, post-launch. What they care about is my kid's smoking weed. Can you help me? Uh, my, my marriage is a wreck. Can you help me? So we just said, you know what? We launched a church in the fall of 2013 and, and just started going at it. And it, it's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun since then. And we do coaching and all kinds of stuff. So, man, thank you. You got a great ministry and I'm honored. I'm, dude, for real, I'm honored to be a part. Yeah, Kevin, thanks for, for, for just being your friendship over the years. And I know we did a uh, podcast uh, a couple years ago together, and people have really uh, taken a liking to that. So thanks for your investment, man. You know, you switched from youth ministry over to lead pastoring. So what is something that has maybe surprised you about lead pastoring that maybe uh, you weren't quite ready for or prepared for? What's something that surprised you? You know, really, there's there, there, there's three things that really surprised me. The first one is, I know it's going to sound crazy, but is that I cared about people as much as I did. And I do, I, I you know, you do ministry because you care about people. But when I took that, that position and then that chair as a senior leader, I was honestly shocked that I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about how so-and-so is doing or how their marriage is going, or I haven't seen them in three weeks. And not because, Oh, I, I want them to come so they can tithe. It was, I, I genuinely, man, they're broken. And I'm like, why do I, I haven't seen this guy in six weeks. You know, why do I care? But I just, I just did. And I do. And that honestly, that shocked me. The, 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 the weight of that, the joy of that, of caring as much, that that was a shock. Number one, the second one is spiritual warfare. And everybody that ever takes a senior pastor position, they always say it. 
but there was there was and and I think it's probably still there but you just you just learn to, to walk in victory in it there was a, a a level of spiritual warfare on me on my marriage on my children on our finances that I had never quite experienced at that level and at that length but we knew right away this is not normal this is not life this is the enemy trying to disgruntle us, to dissuade us, to get us to, to not do this anymore. And so that was, that was a, a surprise. And then the third one, just if I'm going to be like, I know in your deal, you want to like pull back the curtain. So I'm just going to pull back the curtain and get real real here, um, is isolation. As a senior pastor, I, I've never been more isolated than what I am. And it's my, it's my fault. I'm not saying it's, this is, uh, I call it because I've gone through it in seasons so many times now. I've actually like designed it for me, and then I, I talk to other pastors about it now. But I, I call it isolation island. And um, if isolation is an island, which it is, it's an island of population of one. Um, how the boats, I guess, that I've taken to get to isolation as a senior pastor is, is comparison. Is, you know, and we all do this, but I find myself just, there was about three or four guys that planted the church at the same time we did. And I would just find myself accidentally checking out their stuff on Facebook, you know, accidentally. And, and if I'm honest, as I'm looking at their pictures, as I'm looking at their programs, as I'm looking at what they're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing what's God doing with them compared to what he's doing to me. And it, um, in, in hopes that I'm the same but in actuality and hoping that I'm better. And when I see that I'm better, if I see that I'm worse, either way, it pulls me to myself and I get to feel very isolated. And most times it takes me to either I'm great or I suck, but it's I either way. And it's a nasty place. Um, getting burned has drawn me to isolation. I, I, you know, this person comes, this person goes, this person comes, this person goes. It's the same story, different name. We pull them in, we love them, we mentor them, we babysit their kids, and next thing we know, we don't see them ever again, and they don't return text. And, or they do text me, and it's just a brutal text of why they're, they're not unhappy at our church and God's call, and called them someplace else, and it just pulls me to me, and why do I want to do this? I build up walls. The next time I see somebody, I'm like, you're going to leave too. Um, and then the third one is pride. Is I, I'm very prideful, um, especially get, when I get burned, my motive is, um, I'll show you. Oh, a youth group wasn't good enough. Oh, I'm gonna show you now. I got 22 years of experience. You don't even know what we can do, and I know what to do. And it's my call, and I, 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 and it pulls me to my ideas and my heart. And man, it isolates me. And that's something that through the last probably three years, I've been very cognizant of. That when I see the ship of comparison coming, I, I mean, listen. I'm not going to get tricked into that. I'm not going to get on that boat. When I get burned, I'm not going to get on the boat of getting burned. I got burned, but I don't have to dwell on it. I don't have to pity party. And then uh, I'm just being honest with myself. I can't do it. I, I'm not really honestly that good. My weaknesses do outweigh my strengths. And I've got to be honest with that and say that I need someone else, which then makes me meet with them, talk with them and trust them. And those things pull me off of isolation Island. But if I'm honest, Spiritual warfare, the weight of, of loving people as much as what God wants you to, and then uh, isolation is a, is a big one, I think, for all leaders, but especially senior pastors.
Go yeah, I mean, that's, that's a incredible. I mean, I, I think everyone can relate to that, can connect with that. And so um, that spiritual warfare, you know, everything's kind of going wrong. And like you said, this isn't our life. This isn't really who we are. And so how do you kind of, how do you, how do you navigate through that? I mean, I know you've got a wife, you've got kids. And so how do you navigate through that time with your kids? And, and they're saying like, you know, I'm sure there was moments of like, dad, like what, what's going on? Like what, you know, so how, how you kind of navigate that? Well, for me, I think, I think God's blessed. Well, I know it. God's, God's, God's love for us. God's redemption for us does not come because we love him or we're obedient. It's because he loves us. So I, I get all of that and grace. I get all that. But as I'm walking with Christ to walk in victory, I have to be obedient. Deuteronomy says, if, I'm, if, if I obey the voice of the Lord, that blessings will overtake me. If I don't obey the voice of the Lord, curses are going to overtake me. And so for me, when that spiritual warfare comes, there's, you know, something's going on with the kids or finances are going all to crap. And you, you automatically want to say, like, forget it. Why am I doing this? Doing what? Why am I reading the Bible? Why am I being obedient? Why am I watching what I say? Why am I staying pure? Why am I walking with God? It's not working. And so when that spiritual warfare came for us, we just narrowed down and said, you know what? We're not going to quit. Not just I'm not going to quit the ministry. I'm not going to quit loving God. I'm not going to quit obeying God. I'm not. And when we do that, it, it keeps my it keeps when I do that, it keeps my heart open to where now God's favor and God's blessings can flow in spite of all the hell that's breaking loose out here. I've got peace right here because I'm walking in obedience. And I think for me, it was just staying the course with Jesus, number one, and then being open and honest with my wife of what's, you know, what's going on around us, what's going on with our kids, what's going on with our family. This is not just life. This is a battle, which then caused us to begin to pray together. And I specifically remember multiple times going to our bedroom and holding hands and saying, God, this is not ours. This is yours. And just releasing it to God and then walking in obedience, knowing eventually the smoke's going to clear if we just stay the course because we've already got victory. And it's in those times of spiritual warfare for me that all that stuff I say from up front for people, it actually, now I actually got to walk it out. And um, those times are times where when I'm in it, I wish to God I wasn't. But now that I look back, it's like, Lord God, thank you for that. You showed me you're, you're, you're actually real. So for me, it was being obedient, being open and honest we can't do it. Turn it over to God in prayer. And then the next day, get up and do the right thing. The next day, get up and do the right thing. Then do up, get up and do the right thing. And uh, that, that's how we got through it. And that's how we get through it. I think it's every day. That's how you just get through it. You're just faithful, 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 faithful. And, uh, yeah, which is so good. I mean, especially like right now, you know, I mean, current hot topics, it's like almost becoming trendy to renounce your faith, right, with Josh and, and Marty, right, and just – you know, all the news right now, these, these, uh, you know, real influencers of the faith coming and saying, oh, it's all, it's all fake. It's all not right. It's almost training. So, so I mean, how do you keep that, that passion? How do you keep that? What does that spiritual life look like for you and your wife? I mean, yeah, in those tough times, but also, you know, like you said, just be faithful and faithful and faithful. So what does that, what does that journey look like for you? What is that spiritual renewal that um, kind of daily, um, you know, or whatever spiritual pattern look like for you in your life? For me, I think, well, I, for me anyway, I'm a very driven person. And so 
the motive of which the, the why that I'm doing something is the thing that drives me. It's not even so much the thing that I'm, it's why am I doing it? That's as a visionary leader, I'm all about the why, which leads to all that stuff. And that's just how my DNA is. And so for me, it's been really cool in my own individual outside of the church, but in my own individual walk with Jesus, what's, what's beginning to happen is, is since taking on, especially since taking on senior pastor is the, the, the why of this is, and I know it's going to sound so crazy, cheesy, churchy, and yeah, that's what you're supposed to say, but man, I'm telling you, I'm ate up with it now more than what I've ever been is, is it's the gospel and the unbelievable joy and the peace and the strength that comes from the gospel which is simply, I have alienated myself from my creator because of my sin, but God, through Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, has invited me to repent and be his child. And I'm like, when I really think about that, I'm like, what? You, you did that? I did this, I did this, and you brutally killed Jesus so that I could be your, not your friend or your buddy or your partner, I could be your kid? And that drives me to want to pick up the Bible and find out more about this God. And the gospel drives me to want to live holy because if you love me so much, whenever I was jacked up and you still love me, what would happen in my life if I wasn't jacked up and I actually served you? And it's the gospel that drives me to read the word. It's the gospel and the good news of that that drives me to pray. And so for me, the practicality of it is, is I'm a pretty regimen guy. And so I get up around five in the morning every day. And to say I get up and, and start praying right away, no, that, that sounds good in a book, but it's not true. So I'll, I'll slowly get up out of bed. And, and sometimes I'll, you know, rock a Diet Coke too early in the morning. But I, I, I get awake. Uh, I, my mind is this, is I read, I read the Bible um, around a chapter a day. And I ask myself three questions. What's God saying? What does it mean to me? And how can I apply it? Super simple. I should be much more deeper than that, but I, I'm not. In my daily, weekly, that's it. I do some other stuff we'll talk about later. And then I spend, I don't know, there's not a time frame, five minutes to 30 minutes, just walking upstairs in my office area and just being in God's presence and praying and enjoying him. Sometimes it's a big list. Sometimes it's not. But for me, a big spiritual journey too is feeding myself in my mind. And so uh, I read anywhere from one to three chapters of a book a day or around there. And if I don't get it in the morning, I'll do it in the evening. Um, and in my personal life, that's, that's a big one. That's, that's how, and that's how I stay focused on God. That's my God stuff. There's wife and kids things, but it's it for me until I really started to just get excited about the fact of the gospel, it was kind of a to-do list. And now it's like, that's why I do it. The gospel is why I preach. It's why I read. It's why I do whatever. And the gospel is what, I'm going to get my preach on, sorry, but it's the gospel that, um, that, that allowed the apostle Paul to, to say, I'm glad in Philippians when all hell was breaking loose, he's in a prison. And he mentions chapters one and two, the gospel 13 times, either the gospel or Jesus Christ. And it's because of the gospel that he's able to say, I am glad even when I'm in prison. And I think as Christians, especially Christian leaders, many times we get our eyes off the gospel and the beauty of it and the passion of it. And we start getting our eyes on all the junk and the bitterness and the comparison and the pride. And that's what deters us from doing the things that, that cause us to love Jesus more. So that's what it looks like for me. It, it comes from this idea of I can't believe that Jesus did this for me. I think I'd like to find out more about Jesus today. I'm going to read the Bible. So. Sorry for preaching so long there. No, that's good, man. I, I mean, I need it right now. I'm, in, I'm just in a 
I just need that every day, you know, just uh, need that reminder. So, you know, Kevin, I know you've been around a lot of, uh, a lot of influential people that uh, many of us would know. Uh, and so, you know, when you think of success, you know, whatever that means, yeah. um, you know, whatever, what, who is somebody or something that comes to mind when you think about success? For me, man, you, you sent me your question. You got some great questions, man. These are great questions. Because um, I think, again, this, whoever you think is successful is going to be the motive of which you're, you're shooting towards. And so for me, in senior pastoring, there, there's, there's three stories. Is there's, there's one guy, and we would know him. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, he's, he, was a friend, he is a friend of mine. But multiple campuses, books, travels, church was massively huge. In the midst of all of the success, he has every freaking thing, excuse the French there. He's got everything that I would ever want as a senior pastor. He's doing it. And in the middle of all of it, he crashes and burns. I won't get into all the details, but he crashes and burns in his mid-40s. Loses his church, loses his marriage, crashes and burns. And... The second story is a guy, same thing, multiple books, travels, church of about 6,000 people, gets in front of his church in the midst of all this growth, in the midst of all these books, in the midst of all this stuff, and says, I'm not okay, I'm broken, uh, this is my last day. Gives up his church, he loses his marriage, and they're both in their mid-40s. And then there's my dad. My dad uh, just retired after 30 years of ministry. He had one campus pastored three churches for 30 years total, never had a church over 150, never wrote a book, never traveled, never got a speaking honorarium while he was preaching as a pastor. And at the end of all of it, he's passionately in love with his wife. She loves him. Both of his sons are in ministry. His grandkids, almost all of them are in ministry. He's had four or five senior pastors come out of this church, churches. My dad is the happiest guy I know. He can run four miles a day. He's in perfect health. He just actually had prostate cancer, beat that in Jesus' name, and now he's rolling on in life again. And even in the midst of that, he's, how you doing, Dad? Great. How you doing, buddy? He's the happiest guy I know. Never wrote a book, never traveled, never had a church over 200. And for me, as I look at that, who wins? Who's successful? It's my dad. And I'm not throwing the other two under the bus. I'm saying the books and the travel and the thousands of people and the multiple, that's not the win. The win is love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat your neighbor the way that you want to be treated. If there's odd against your brother, go and talk to them. That's what Jesus wants. That other stuff, that's going to come and go. And so for me, the, pers the first person that comes to my mind as a successful person is my dad. Because at the end of my life, if my wife will look at me and say, you did it, you love me well. If my kids will say, dang, dad, I love Jesus and you're a big part of it. Check it off the list. I won. That's good. So for me, that's, that's who I think about is my dad. I don't, I don't really think about, I know those other guys, some of them, and um, definitely follow them all. I mean, but I don't, I don't look to them as my model at all, actually. Yeah, right. Like Jesus said, well, the goal is well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Right? 
at the, at the end, the finish line, right? It's the, it's the marathon. It's the 26.2, not the, the, the 18 mile mark. It's the 26.2 mile mark. It's the finish line. It's the well done, good and faithful servant. Right. And so that's our goal. That's where we're going. So Kevin, I know you're always um, doing something, inventing something, creating something, man, you're always, always doing something crazy. So now what are you working on right now? That's interesting to you. And, and why has that got you so fired up? Why is that so interesting to you right now? Uh, for me right now, and it has been for this whole year, actually, for, I've been on the course, but now for this, for this year, we're walking it out. We've been studying it and thinking it through for a while is the passage that the Lord's given me. This is the first year of my whole life that I feel like God's given me a passage. I see all the guys do that. Like, well, I could pick one, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's God. But for me, it's first Corinthians 12, I believe it's seven. And it says to each has been given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good is that in, in the body of Christ and in through the world, there's a gift inside of every person that God has imparted there for the common good of the body of Christ. And so for me uh, at our, it's two levels at our local church, we're getting ready to start. We've started some, but it'll be really going in October is we are creating what we call a leadership funnel. It's discipleship in it, but it's a leadership funnel uh, to help cultivate and to find, to cultivate and to release these gifts into the body. So, you know, there's a, it's a funnel. So you, a person comes and attends and they go to our next steps. And then after they go to the next steps, they can start serving. Once they're serving, we start looking for those gifts. And if you see that leadership gift, they can either be a part of our leadership institute, which we're starting. It's a three-month deal, and you learn. You're, they're going to learn and discover what I need to be, what I need to know, and what I need to do to be a leader in the body of Christ. Or they can go to our school of ministry. Then out of those leaders, those leaders will become our department leaders and are our department leaders. And then out of those leaders, those are the leaders that we pick out of to send out to plant a church. And I'm kind of ate up with it right now because... We want to make disciples that make disciples, or some people want to be a church that's multiple churches. But if you can't make multiple disciples where you are, you're never going to have multiple churches. So we want to start at what when someone comes to the church, what's the win for them at the end? And the ultimate win would be they're so strong in the Lord, those giftings can be sent out in one way to plant a church. Uh, and then that then trickles into what we do outside of the church. And we want to, we want to, um, help the slogan is is we want to help you be the leader that you want to be and that people will follow and so we've created all kinds of system inside of there but right now the most important thing that i'm really ate up with is creating this leadership funnel so that the giftings of our local body uh, can be found cultivated and released so that's that's the big that's the big win for this year yeah that's great so I, mean, I know you, you talk a lot about leadership pipelines and funnels and things like that. So just real quick, uh, man, just what's one tip, one thing that you are doing in terms of all, I know you kind of gave us some, some big picture there, but man, what's just kind of a nuts and bolts there that you'd say a local pastor um, could maybe do or implement or look into to kind of help them cult beginning phases of developing that leadership pipeline? Are you talking about a resource or are you talking about like a mindset or what you do? Either way. What, what would you say to the local guy that say, man, I really want to begin this leadership pipeline. Where would you say some resources or even just like you said, that mindset, where would you, what would you say? Well, I think the first, I think the first mindset is, is you've got to make that your win. You, you got to want, you've got to want to equip other people. And if we're honest, sometimes I'm talking about myself, even through the years, 
I don't really want to equip other people. I want to be the hero. Well, then I end up having so much stuff on my plate. I've got anxiety. I can't even, you know, hardly do anything. And everything's done mediocre. I think the first, honestly, I think the first thing as a senior pastor is, is we've got to understand, like Vision says, my job as a pastor is to not do the work. It's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so I th- honestly, I think the leadership funnel and the releasing starts there, that what's my win is to find those people, cultivate that and release it. And then once you, once you know that's your win, then you got to start wrestling with what I've been wrestling with is, okay, what, what in our local body, what is a disciple? What does a disciple do? And how can I cultivate something, whether it's a class or a small group or a lesson? What can I do to cultivate disciples? Because I know what a disciple is. So for us, a disciple gathers on the weekend, grows in a group, gives to God kingdom, and goes back out and serves the world. That's a disciple. But we've defined that. Now that I've defined it, I can create it. And then the other one is, okay, well, what's a leader? Well, what does a leader have to be? What does a leader have to know? What does a leader have to do? And so to me, I think it starts with the motive, and then it starts with what? What is a disciple? What is a leader? Then you start thinking through, okay, what are the three things I can do to cultivate that? And it'll, that funnel will look completely different in every place. But I think that's where it starts is the motive and the, 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 the what, and then, okay, how can I get that information to the people? And I think it'll look different for everybody, but that's where it starts. And if I'm honest, there's been, you know, this is a long time ago, but there, there's been some, and there's pockets in my leadership where I don't, I'll just roll. I'll do it. Or my two buddies will do it. And no, no, no. To each has been given a manifestation of the spirit. So yeah, I guess that would be it. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you'd probably agree is that that is a long play. Yeah. You know, that, that is a, that is a long play. That is a long term. Uh, you, you're not going to see the fruit in two weeks of that. Um, I think that in, in, me personally, I think that's why a lot of guys really struggle with it is because it is a long play. It is a six we, months, two years. We, we want to be Craig Rochelle tomorrow. Craig Rochelle ain't even, wasn't even Craig Rochelle tomorrow. He's been doing this for what, 30 years, 40 years. I mean, good night nurse, this guy, but he, he's, and who was it? Eugene Peterson says long obedience, um, long obedience in the same direction. It, it, we gotta, we've got to be okay with this is going to happen, but it's not happening tomorrow. This is going to happen. You know what? It might not happen this year, but this is what I'm giving my life to. And then God will take care of the fruit. But yeah, we've got to be in it for the long play and not it's going to happen tomorrow because it's not. It's not. There's too many other things to do. I think I, Craig always says it, but um, we underestimate what we can do. We overestimate what we can do in a day. We underestimate what we can do in a year. So this thing is this, what we're working on now, ultimately, I've been chewing on it, working on it. This has been a, this is, we're, we're about now in a year and a half into it now, but now we're getting ready to release it. And it, it yeah, takes- that's good. That's good. That's good. So you mentioned earlier that you wake up, you know, part of that uh, daily grind for you is reading a chapter or two of, uh, you know, extra biblical reading. Yeah. Um, so now, what, what's a book that you like to gift or recommend to people? What's, what's one of the, the top? I know you, you read a bunch of, uh, all the time. So what's something you recommend or gift out? I have two books that anytime I'm asked this question, I, I use. In fact, we, we go through these two books in our school of ministry here at the church. Is uh, First one is Dream Big, Think Small. It's by a guy named Jeff Mannion. I think he's a pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My mentor gave me this book. 
in a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And it's, it's basically about, yeah, dream big, have monster things, but then think small. And in that, it's those small repetitive things that we think are so menial and nothing are actually the foundation that build these giant dreams on. And it's, it's about Sabbath. It's about community. It's about, yeah, you know, self-evaluation. It's a phenomenal book. It's an easy read. It's got questions at the end of the chapter for real. It's a, it, to me, it's a must. It really helped settle me in my life. Uh, so dream big, think small. The second one is Spiritual Leadership. There's a lot of books by that title, but it's Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby. And I'm telling you, dude, I mean, I've read, I've read tons of them. This book has, the, has this uncanniness about it. To, I don't know that's a real word. But it has this thing about it that, it really pulls the spiritual. And what does that look like? Not in a funky, weird, you know, type deal. The pull is spiritual into leadership on a, whether you're a parent or a business owner, or it's a phenomenal book. I mean, phenomenal. And we, we take our students through that as well. So I, I always say those two, I've got multiple copies of the books and Hey, take it, take it, take it, take it. Uh, so th those two are, those two are my books. I've read them both a couple times now and I'm going to keep reading yeah, Henry Blackaby, man, you're, you're you're doing a little throwback there for sure. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I dude, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It is an amazing book. I, in fact, what I've done with my reading, I told my wife is um, for the next two months, um, I'm gonna do some other lighter reading. But the reading I'm doing, there's two chapters in spiritual leadership. I'm just going to read those two chapters over and over again. I'm going to read it, apply, read it, apply, read it. And I'm not going to, I'll do some other stuff for, kind of for fun, but that's work. That's what I'm going to, that's where I'm going to be plowing the fields in that book. I love that book. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. So uh, tell me, man, what's a, what's a scripture you've referenced a couple scriptures. You've referenced some quotes. What's a scripture or a quote that you kind of uh, have, 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 you know, really d dived into that maybe is a life verse or a quote yeah. that you often give. Yeah. Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good is one that I'm, I'm quoting that thing every day. And again, out of that, there's another line is, is how, do I help, how do I help people become the leader they want to be and that people want to follow? That's, those two are kind of like the same thing. My other, life, my other life person has been for quite some time is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin. Let us uh, look unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And um, that passage is, it's, 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 it's one of the foundational of all of Christendom, but it's written in plural. It's not singular. And in ministry where I get in trouble is when I try and go singular and we're supposed to do it plural. We're supposed to do it with multiple people. And so for me, that one is one that I continually go back to because I, I miss, I, I love being up front. I'm, I'm kind of um I think I'm, and I think most a lot of leaders like this probably are like me are is um, I'm extroverted up front. I can talk to 15 people, 100 people, 2000 people. I'm good. In fact, I love it. It doesn't even make me tired. I don't like to be one on one. I really don't enjoy it. I'm, it's not that I don't like people. It's that I, I, I listen, man, let's go. I've got stuff to do. And and but it's that one on one. It's that we that actually causes everything to happen. And so for me, I have to continually go back to, you know what? No, the, the coffee with this person's worth it. The coffee with this, these three people are worth it. 
having this family over to our house. Yes. Yes. And amen. This is what we do. This is what I do. And that's a verse that I have to keep going back to. It's we, our, and, and, and us, not me. Cause I naturally will revert to, I'm going to grab a book and a whiteboard and I'll see you in eight hours. And I won't talk to anybody all day and I'm fine. But that's, that, that's not how, that's not how my Christian walk should be. Yeah. So speak to that, Kevin, because I think there's a lot of guys out there that are, that can totally relate to that. So, I mean, just, just unpack that a little bit more. I'm sure you've wrestled with that over the years of, man, here's where I want to be. Here's kind of my sweet spot, but here's kind of what I'm called to do. So how have you wrestled through that? Cause I mean, I just think there's a lot of guys out there that can relate to that, that they feel really comfortable on the stage preaching or teaching or leading worship, whatever it is, but that one-on-one interaction, that coffee. So how do you prioritize that? How do you even wrestle with that in yourself to be just as good in front of that one person as you do on stage? So what's that, what's that journey look like for you? Man, that's a big one. Um, it's, it's coming again, the why, the motive, coming to the realization that I, whatever it is I want to do, I can't do it by myself. So that's one. So part of it is, is I know that I literally, not only does this person need me, I need them. So there's, it's kind of like ping pong. I hit the ball to you, you hit the ball back to me. There's a relationship here. And so whenever I see that, you know what, I can help them. And by me helping them, they're helping me by, by, by giving me community, by get whatever. There was that back and forth relationship um, that, that motivates me to, to do it. And so I kind of force feed myself. Whenever I'm back in the day, I don't even work tell by how I look, but back in the day, I was really into working out and gaining mass and, you know, more like powerlifting stuff. And there's, I know it sounds weird, but there's in that type of thing, there's a thing called like force feeding where you're not, you're not eating because you're hungry. You're eating because you need the nutrients. And so for me, I kind of force fed myself on this. So I would say from up front and give them an email to, to get a hold of, if you'd like to grab a coffee with me, fill out that card. Well, the people would fill out the card. Now I got to do coffee. And I forced myself, I, I, I'm going to do a coffee. And I forced myself with, okay, we're going to set up a meeting. I'm going to do one-on-ones with my department leaders. I'm going to group meetings with my department leaders. And I scheduled them and I forced myself. I scheduled it. And I said, I'm going to do it. Now I got to keep my word. And then out of that, now there's joy in it. There's, there's pockets of where, man, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm looking forward to this because I see the wind back and forth. And now I'm doing it more out of, you know, it's not my natural flow, but I know this is a win. So yeah, we're going to do the coffee or yes, I'm going to do this. So how I schedule it for me is, is I have my assistant, who's a volunteer assistant. Uh, I do meetings. I don't ever do a meeting one-on-one with a female, so I'll clear that out. But is I do meetings at noon I, noon is always open. Um, I do meetings at noon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and not Friday. Um, and then um, I don't do Monday because I have a coaching call Monday. Sorry. But I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Lunches are open. And then also I do one-on-ones in between services on Sunday. And that's just a na- – and I, I tell her, you don't have to ask me permission. If someone needs a meeting and it's at noon on Tuesday and you see my schedule and it's open, schedule it and I got to do – I'm in. So I've, I've cultivated a time slot and then also I force fed myself to make me do it. And now it's not that I naturally am so excited, but I, I, I am because I, I know what's going to happen here. And so that, that's kind of how I've journeyed it through. I made myself do it and now I schedule it in 
with individuals, but then also with my team. So, yeah. 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 So I think it's Jeannie Mayo that says, uh, you know, do right actions will, will lead to right emotions, right? Sometimes we just got to do the right thing, even without the emotions. And if we just keep doing the right things, the emotions will come and the excitement and passion will come for you for it. And so, um, you know, you've mentioned your dad, uh, but uh, outside of your dad, who is somebody that's had a tremendous impact on you, your marriage, your ministry? Uh, for me, it's seasonal. There's it, like everybody, there's different people. So my dad is always there. Uh, there's a guy named Shane Duffy from New Spring Church. Him and I have known each other for quite some time. And Shane for a season was very, very much there. Now he's like phone call, text message back and forth. But Shane's very important to me in my life. Brad Cooper from New Spring Church, the same thing. That is, there was a season where I was at 180. He was a youth guy at New Spring. And just right after that, when planting the church, we're really touching base all the time. And Brad sharpened me a lot. Um, that Those seasons, are, they're still friends and they're still there. But as far as mentoring, um, the past three years of my life, um, there's a pastor in Napanee, Indiana, a town of about 6,000 people. His name's Dave Angbrett. And Dave... He's been in his, at his church for like almost 40 years. He preaches faithful and great every week. He's got a great family. His marriage is strong. And my father-in-law, before he passed away, went to NMC. I graduated from high school across the street from NMC. And through the passing of my father-in-law, Dave and I became friends. And now he's my mentor. And I, I get a hold of him probably at, at least once every three months. And then I go to Indiana about three times a year and there's always one-on-ones and he's always so gracious with his time. And uh, at the end of my life, if I look back, it's like, Hey, it kind of looks somewhat like Dave's that's, man, I'm, I'm doing all right. So it's Dave, but I've always had, I've always had someone that's I can call and talk with always. And that's seasonal. But then um, I have finance mentoring is, is Dave Ramsey, of course, the guru. Um, leadership is, uh, Carrie Newhoff stuff and Craig Rochelle stuff. Um, and then, uh, family, um, is, I know this is old school, but it's Dr. James Dobson. So those are, those are the, the mentors that I have. Wow. Those are great. Those are great. So, uh, Kevin, I know we're going to talk about your resources here coming up, uh, in a few minutes here, but, uh, you know, what's something in your life that brings you renewal? You know, that's something that, again, as a senior pastor, I struggle with because you go through seasons and you go, 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 go. And I think it's so important. I always teach this is, and I teach it, but then I, because I was struggling with it, is the human body is designed to breathe in, then breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And what happens with me, and I think most leaders is, is we breathe in and then we breathe out, 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 out. And why and that happens, or we're losing oxygen, we're where equilibrium's lost, we can barely move. And it's because we haven't breathed in yet. And I think for me, I've had to really struggle with and wrestle with what is that? What is that? And for me, there's three things. One, one is my wife, um, whether it's sincerely, she likes to go for a walk around the neighborhood. And yep, if she asked, I'm going, I'm in because even at the time, if I not, might not want to, once I get into it, it's like, dang, this is so good. So going for walks with my wife, Tuesday night, date night with my wife, Friday is my day off. And when it comes to my wife, I'm just like, Hey babe, what do you want to do? I'm in. And I just, I kind of unplug, I unplug here. I'm just, I'm all in. So my wife 
It's very refreshing. Secondly, it's fishing. I don't fish as much as what I want. I should, or I want, I want to, but uh, fishing is the one thing that I do that I don't think about anything other than what's, oh man, come on, come on, what's on the line. And then the third one, which I'm getting back into, used to be a huge one for me, but I'm getting back into it is working out. Working out, here's the thing, is we all have something that makes us feel like, dang, I'm good. Whenever I was younger, working out was that. You know, it's like, okay, man, I, I got a new bench press, or okay, man, I got, and it made me feel like, okay, I'm good. Well, what's happened with me is, and I think with most leaders, because most leaders in Christian world are out of shape, is we get that feeling from ministry. Dang, my messages are better. Attendance was up. I did a great meeting. Uh, four people came to Christ. And that's what gives us, which is, that I think that trumps working out, but it gives us this, I'm good. But now I'm not good over here physically, or I'm not good, which causes emotional. So for me, I'm trying my best to get back to where there's spots in a day, three to four days a week where working out makes me feel so good that I'm like, I, I, I need that again. So working out gives me breath, fishing gives me breath in my life. That's awesome. So Kevin, thanks so much for your time, but we've got some resources that we want to talk into. I know you're passionate about developing resources, specifically online resources. Yeah. Uh, you've got a, a bunch of them and uh, we're going to be offering some discounts here. Uh, for those that are watching. So uh, you, want, you want to talk about uh, Youth Ministry University real quick and tell, talk to us a little bit about what that is, how can you get that, and then we'll, we'll, talk, we'll move, move on to some of the other ones. YMU, YMU came out of, I, I still do, one-on-one -on -one coaching. But I used to coach a lot of guys or several guys. And, but once I became a senior pastor, I couldn't coach as many guys as what I wanted to coach anymore. So I took, took the things that I talk about in my coaching over all those years of ministry and we put it on a platform called youth ministry university. And it's not, it's not like theological and it's not denominational. So whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian or whatever, it flows in all that. This is the Monday through Sunday. What do you got to do to make disciples stuff? So how do you build a message that, that actually causes life change? How do you build a team? How do you build a bridge to parents? Uh, your relationship with your senior pastor is a massive one. Um, tips for volunteer youth pastors. And so it's the whole gambit of what does it take to be successful at making disciples at a local church, how to do big events that, that, that they're outreaches, how to build big momentum without spending big money. And so we've made that available and there's the, literally thousands of youth pastors now that have gone through it and are, are going through it. And so that's really cool with that. So that, that's why I'm you, but it's based out of just all those years of youth ministry successes and a lot of failures. And here's the nuts and bolts. There's 12 videos that are all one hour each that comes with the lesson plan. That's awesome. So online, if they go to uh, your website, uh, which is growmore.org, uh, they can download that. But uh, with our listeners, if they use the code RENEWED, um, they get uh, $25 off. The regular price is $75 but uh, with the discount code renewed, they get that for $25 off, which is $50. So uh, just walk us through, do they just you know, go on to your okay, website? Go to grow, you can go to grow more, go to growmore.org. And then at the top bar, you can just uh, pick YMU or youth ministry university. It's right there. Click that. It'll take you to the page with all the info and you can register there. Um, for YMU, actually, we, you can go to uh, growmoreymu.com as well, but they both take you there. 
Yep. And then just when they go to the checkout, there's just a code and they yes. type in renewed. When you click it and you go to checkout, enter in all your information. And then at the bottom there, there's a coupon code. Just enter in the coupon code renewed. And when you actually go to checkout and pay, it'll kick it down to where it's $50. That's awesome. We appreciate you uh, offering that for our listeners here. So uh, another resource that you've got is Lead Online. I know you're really passionate about this one right now because this one's not only for the church community, but also for the business community as well. So walk us through that resource. Yeah. Lead Online came out of this is in leadership. What happens is, is we get duped into thinking that leadership is outside in, but it's not. It's inside out. And it doesn't matter how many in ministry, how many butts are in the seat and how many bucks are in the bank. If your team's going well, your organization's going well, but you don't even want to look in the mirror and you don't know who you are, or you don't even want to go home at night because marriage is like this and your family's broken and your kids. And eventually all that catches up, which we see all the time in ministry, but we also see it in business. And that also with businesses that affects churn. You got people, employees that aren't healthy here. So their production goes way down or they end up transitioning out. So we created this thing called Lead Online, and there's, there's four segments. How to lead yourself, there's 10 videos there. How to lead your family, there's 10 videos there. How to lead your, your team, 10 videos, with all of them have lesson plans. And then how to lead your organization. And we use the word organization because a ministry is an organization. I know it's a family, got but it's an organization, but also businesses and entrepreneurial. So we use organization as an umbrella to pull it out of not, it's not just ministry. This is for, we have real estate agents and insurance agents and entrepreneurs and HR departments that use lead online. And uh, it's the same thing. It's, it's a discounted price for renewed. It's the same process. Go to growmore.org, click lead. Uh, I think it's lead training and you can find out all the info there. That's great. That's great. Thanks Kevin for offering that as well. So last resource that we want to talk about is the lead conference, which is an actual live event. So uh, I know we've been partnering together. We want to uh, offer this up for churches. So talk to us a little bit about that. What is that conference? What does that look like? Uh, yeah. What does the pastor have to provide in order to bring this conference to their church? Yeah, well, basically, it's lead, the lead conference is it's the, the information from lead online at a much larger scale and at a different scale. There's a, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of new material that are in the live sessions that aren't on the online session, but it's the same thing. It's leading your, there's one session of leading yourself, one session of leading your team, one session of leading your, fa uh, your, your, your family, one session of leading your organization. There's Q and a after every single session. Um, and so if you want to do, we can do lead like at your church with just your team. That's one way I believe. But then the other one is, is we actually have churches that are hosting lead online around the country. And um, if you want to do that, uh, the, how it works is, is you, you provide, you provide the facility, you provide the volunteers, we come in and give the content and you get the opportunity to not only train your church leaders, but to be a light into the business world and invite business leaders who maybe even don't even come to your church to come to your church and get informed on how to lead at a higher level and so it's a win for you, your church. It's a win for the community. And ultimately, uh, you get to shine a little bit brighter light. Even though we're not going to do a, an altar call at the end of the sessions, you're getting to, 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 to be a bright light into your community. But we also are more than willing to just come and, hey, let's do a lead conference at just your church. And you and I are going to partner up in, in both of these. 
So it'll be yep. fun. So you get both uh, Kevin and I will come out. We'll spend uh, some time with you and your team, uh, staff development, leadership conference. So we'd love to partner with you. You guys can go to renewedleadership.org and just send in information there. You can go to growmore.org and put in information there as well. And we'd love to partner with you guys and talk. So Kevin, man, we are so thankful for your time, uh, your uh, just your, your heart for your church, your heart for leaders. Um, and the resource that you're providing. Uh, and we're just so thankful for you and what you're doing. Uh, would love for uh, you guys to check Kevin out. You guys can go to growmore.org. You can also check him out um, online. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle or his uh, Instagram handle is, is KevinMore180. And so you can follow him there and uh, would love for you guys to check that out. So thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell, and we'll continue to bring you guys great content. So thank you guys so much for your time.